the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And welcome to Thursday. Man, a, a lot of data out today. A lot of earnings out today. We had fourth quarter GDP, the, the first look fourth quarter GDP. We had jobless claims. We had durable goods. We had trade deficit. We had a little bit of everything for everybody. We had new home sales as well. And Jason, you know what? If you looked at all the data, you're left scratching your head. You don't even know what to do. <laughs> so I guess the the key would be how much of it looks like it's good and how how much of it looks like it's bad, I guess, right? Well, you know what? And here's the funny part. So some of the headline numbers – Looked good, but the actual data inside of it wasn't very good at all. And then others, hey, that doesn't look so good, but then, you know what, it wasn't that bad. So uh, it was, depending on what side of the fence, there, there was something for everybody today. Uh, w without a doubt, you know, uh, I, I've given up and said uh, it's going to be a quarter of a point on Wednesday but, Jason, th this data today doesn't scream quarter of a point, right? To, to me, it means, hey, we should go another half point, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we've been looking at these rate hikes uh, all through 2022, now coming into 2023, and we've had a pretty good bead. And, and then they kind of, you know, the, the powers that be are, are you know, the Fed's kind of given, given indications and the, some of the uh, the, the moneyed, uh, guys that, hey, you know, the, the watchers, the news guys, they, they, everyone seems to have a good beat on it before it happens. It seems like this is the one, Joe, that even though it's just a quarter point difference, whether it's a quarter point or a half point, it seems like there's there's not a, a, a good understanding of what's actually going to happen. This one seems to be more like a, a wait and see uh, what, what they're going to do, Joe. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let's cover some of the bad news. Uh, Dow, Dow Chemical. Uh, they had bad earnings. Uh, they announced 2,000 layoffs. IBM uh, laying off 3,900. Uh, Genpak laying off 1,000. Caroleaf, which I think I don't know. I think Carol. I want to say they're one of those marijuana dispensary things that they're 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 uh, you know all over the country. Apparently, now I view this as a bad sign. Uh, pot sales are going down. I guess people don't have the money. They're laying off 10 percent. SAP is laying off 3,000. Now, on the positive side, Chipotle says that they want to hire 15,000 people uh, by the spring. That, that's like, you know, three, four uh, employees per store uh, as they, they, you know, they, I guess, I don't know, I guess they, they when the weather gets a little nicer, uh, people eat more burritos. You know, that's actually a pretty good indication with if it, if it is marijuana because, you know, I, I live in Colorado, Joe, so we know that we were, I think, the first state to really start legalizing it, I think California, whatever. But 
there's, there's the two words that you hear, you know, the first thing they always pass is medical marijuana. And then, and then later on, after everybody's used to it, then they, they pass recreational marijuana. So obviously if people are running out of money, Joe, the first thing you cut out of your expenses is recreational anything. So I think that's a pretty good indicator that people are running out of money, Joe. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch it. Uh, interesting. Uh, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. So uh, the the GDP number came out. This is fourth quarter. And we know with, with hot inflation, uh, you're going to get uh, – or normally you're accustomed to saying, hey, we're going to get uh, better GDP numbers. Uh, this one was – I say it was in line. They were expecting 28 it came in at 2.88, so you round that up. Call it 2.9, so let, let's call it uh, a little better than expected, uh, slower than the third quarter, uh, which was at 3.2. And uh, the estimates really range from like 1.3 to 3.9. So this, this was a, a, about in the middle. Uh, the biggest thing, though, was consumer Spending was down, uh, which is not a good indicator. Uh, the big jump, and this was the same thing in the third quarter as well, a lot of the increase uh, inventories. In other words, uh, the retailers uh, had a lot more inventory uh, than they did beforehand. So, yes, it was positive, but you rather see it be positive because the consumer was spending versus, hey, it was positive because the retailers bought a bunch of stuff. And how much of the GDP number, Joe, do you estimate that uh, this higher inflation we have affects that number to being a little higher than it should be? I know it's not a major a major indication, but it seems that you know, the inflation kind of, you know, those, those margins may be a little better and, and, uh, and, and the price is a little higher, right? Yeah, the, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, if, if they said GDP was up 2.9, but inflation was 7, right, you're really still shrinking, right? That that kind of yep. uh, is an indicator. And you got to remember, too, and this is the thing about this GDP number, housing was awful. Car sales were awful. Uh, and this was in this report. And, and those are the two biggest expenses and expenditures people have. So it's kind of hard. How do you get uh, good GDP growth? When the two biggest ticket items, uh, housing and autos, or often even manufacturing, w- was negative. So the only positive side, the service sector, uh, was the one beacon of light. And then, like I said, inventories. Yeah, that, that all spells that things are going, uh, getting slower and, and uh, re- heading towards a recession, Joe, obviously, because you don't have to manufacture uh, uh, food. You know, that's, that's agriculture, right? That's, that's not really manufacturing of cars and houses. Well, that's people not buying cars and houses. It sure seems like uh, it's all doing what we've been looking at, Joe. Yeah, yeah. When we get back, uh, we'll give you an update on the markets. Uh, the first, let's see, fingers crossed, this will be the first down day, down day in gold in six days. If it stays, we'll tell you about it. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Joe and Jason, Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, the Dow is down fifty points. Uh, the S and P's up six. The Nasdaq's up thirty. The ten-year note at three five. So not a not a big move here on the ten-year note uh, right now. Silver's unchanged. Twenty three ninety five. 
gold right now, gold's down 14 bucks here, uh, 1928, uh, yesterday after we got off the air, uh, gold rallied all the way into the close and into the, uh, aftermarket as well. Uh, it was the sixth straight day, uh, of gold advancement. Listen, little profit taking, always a good thing. And again, I think all eyes are on Wednesday. Uh, quarter a point rate hike and the Fed's, uh, starting to talk about, uh, when the end of the rate hiking cycle may come, uh, is definitely going to add to dollar weakness and it's actually going to add to higher gold and silver prices. Uh, this market update brought to you by our friends at Y Refi. You've heard Jason and I talk about these guys. They're in the distressed private student loan market. This is uh, ingenuity at its finest. You don't need a, a government bailout uh, uh, of student loans. Uh, these are these are people that have defaulted on these private student loans. A lot of them have had co-signers, you know, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, and uncle, whoever it may be, uh, and, and, the, and the banks chew them up, spit them out. Right, they loan them, you know, and it's crazy how much money they loan these kids at 18 years old, 19 years old. They have no job, uh, and then the second they 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 miss a payment, they get sent to collections, and and they're written off for dead. Why refi noticed this? They go through. They've got a great process. Because let's face it, Jason, we know uh, millions and tens of millions of of these people are in default of their student loans. Not all of them. Deserve another chance, right? They, hey, I'm just no good. I don't have a job. I can't pay my bills. I, I'm not, right? I, I'm not a grown up, whatever it may be. Uh, but a lot of them, if given the opportunity, hey, I'm working. I have a job. I could afford a, a reasonable payment. That's where Y Refi comes in. And here's the best part. It's, it's the greater good, but you get great returns that aren't tied to Wall Street. You know, up to ten and a quarter percent. You've heard us talk about it. Uh, now you can use an existing IRA uh, to 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 invest right within your IRA and keep it tax deferred. I mean, uh, it, you know what? I was talking today from Y Refi yesterday. He called me uh, yesterday afternoon. Some of you uh, with a four hundred one k may be eligible. So check them out, look them up, call them. Uh, they're they're going to answer all your questions. InvestYRefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or call them 888-YREFI24. Uh, remember, as you know, got to have at least 50000 But think about this. You can use an existing IRA, uh, possibly a, a 401K, or you can just, you know, hey, I got that money laying around. Uh, and get these great returns, all guaranteed, uh, not tied. You don't have to worry about, hey, well, how, how was GDP today? What did that look like? Uh, did jobless claims go up today? What did Jay Powell say today? All of that, forget it. You don't need to worry about it. Check them out. Uh, just wrapping up GDP, Jason. So when you take the, the broadest measure of demand, so the headline 2.9, this was one of those, the headline number was better than the actual number. When you take in final sales, private domestic purchases, exclude trade, so forget about the trade deficit, 
exclude inventories, right? We, we know a supply chain caught up. As Jason said, hey, we had a hundred and, I don't know what, 130 ships out in the, the, the ocean in California. Now we got zero. All that inventory made it, made it in. Exclude that. Take out government spending. What did we end up with? Two tenths of a percent. So when you have inflation at seven and real GDP at two tenths, Jason, not a great number there. Now, having said that, jobless claims was out today. And, and I was thinking, okay, starting this week, we should start seeing the, these jobless claims get back to, to normal because the seasonal adjustment starting this week got a lot less. Jason, I was wrong. Didn't happen. Uh, 186,000. Uh, this, it got even lower, if you can believe that. Uh, and then the unadjusted claims. Remember, unadjusted claims, they've been 270, 280, 300, all the way down to 225, so much closer. Uh, so, Jason, this was one of those numbers that it looked, you know, I, I guess this was a good number, bad number, right? Because Jay Powell and everybody that wants to stop the rate hikes wants to see this number go up. Didn't happen. Yeah, and, and I don't know because you do seasonally adjusted numbers, but we reported the, you know that the WalMarts of the world, the, the Target, they they weren't hiring a lot of people for the uh, for the uh, the holiday season. So there's not a lot of people to to get rid of, Joe. So I, like I said, the, well, and again the, though, but those unadjusted numbers were was still only 225. Uh, that was that right. was down almost 60,000. From the week before, so it, it, it was much closer uh, between the seasonal and the unseasonal. Uh, before the last three weeks, we've had differences of over a hundred thousand jobs difference between the two numbers. Uh, so this one, you know, thirty-five thousand, much smaller. Yeah, so I, uh, we're going to keep watching it, Joe. I know it's going to get, you know, and you know, we, it's going to get uh, higher, and and and. I keep uh, talking about how you know this thing's probably just going to move slower than than we, uh, we 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 know what's going to happen for people that understand what's what's happening. You, you know what's going to happen, but the timing of it is so you know, almost impossible to predict because we don't make the decisions, we don't see the the forward numbers, we only see the lagging numbers. And and so, Joe, I just it's going to happen. But uh, I, I keep going back to the the Corona uh, emergency where things went completely sideways and, and went crazy, and uh, the, the year where no, nobody could hire anybody, they couldn't get enough employees, and now it's like, well, now we need to fire employees, but there's not as many to fire, Joe. I think I think a lot of these companies just have, have fixed their their employment situations to where they don't have to hire and fire very much. They just adjust the hours being worked. Right? It's going to be a while before they just flush all those guys that are, are adjustable hours, I think. And if you're right, and I, you know what, it, it, at least right now, it kind of looks that way. All of a sudden now, you know, uh, we're going to get a rate hike in February. I, I, I think we're getting one in March, and a lot of people are saying, hey, after March we're going to pause. Uh, if, if we don't see a pickup in this number, uh, you, you got you have to put May back on the table. I think the jobs, Joe, if it continues like this, it could be like uh, that, that game Jenga where you pull out the one wrong brick and the whole thing comes out. I think that might be what we end up. Maybe not a huge market crash that crashes like that, but maybe the jobless claims 
maybe we end up with a, a one month, maybe in February or maybe in March, where it's like the Django Tower just crashes all at once, and suddenly the, the layoffs just get severe all at once. That that seems logical to me, Joe, as far as seeing the indication of a recession coming on. And then housing. We got new home sales numbers out today. Now, the new home sales, it's been bucking the trend, right? Uh, they've been rising. They rose in October, rose in November. The headline number rose again in December by 2.3%. But, Jason, they went back to those other months and said, uh, you know what, that we're a little too optimistic Uh uh, 640,000 was the number in November. They took that down to 602,000, uh, and that's an annualized rate, uh, and, and this month came at 614. Uh, a big caveat in that number, cancellations still running red hot. To give you perspective, home, new homes, they have cancellations every, every quarter. But that number to give perspective, like last year, take, take, what was the cancellation rate in 2021 and early 2022? It's about 13%. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm telling everybody, yeah, about, about 13%. Okay, so, all right, you know, a little over, uh, almost, almost nine out of every ten people that said, I'm going to buy a new home bought it. Right, so you had that, you know, hey, something happened. Uh, hey, I, I got my hours cut at work. I lost my job. Or wait, oh, I didn't have the money I thought I was going to have. Or they got rejected at the last minute. You know, those that stuff happens. The problem you know what I is, happening, Joe. Do you know what I think's happening? And 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 you have the number for existing home sales. How far is that going down? I'm wondering if uh, people that have equity in their homes are trying to get the new home. And they cancel, and that's just a part of the problem, not the problem, but part of the problem is, hey, I'm, I'm no longer going to buy the new home because the guy that was going to buy my existing home, the first-time buyer, backed out, couldn't do it. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, the, the, and again, the cancellation rate is is in the 60% plus. Uh, KB, the worst, at 68%. Uh, so, so this is... Uh, it, it, and it's hard. And to Jason's point, is it because it's a based uh, uh, on a contingency? Uh, I'm sure that's part of it. I, I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you a lot of it because these homes uh, they were behind, so people were buying a home. It may have been, you know, June when they said, "Yeah, I'm going to buy it." Okay, and the home builder's like, "Well, it's not ready yet." Right, we, 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 we're missing the garage door, uh, we don't have the appliances, right, we, we can't close because we can't pass an inspection because we need these four or five things. These things have finally come in, but the problem is now, now we can close the, the rates, you know, you only get to lock that rate in for, for X amount of days, and then once you get past that date, okay, you gotta, uh, that rate lock doesn't count anymore, uh, and all of a sudden now the higher rate, they can't afford the payment. And every six weeks the rate goes up, right, Joe? So it's right. not a lot of time to to adjust. You got to get your stuff together if you're going to buy a home at a certain rate. You, you can't sit around waiting because it's going to keep going up. Even at this point, we know that they're going to stop doing rate hikes at some point, but they're still going up as of uh, next week, Monday, uh, Wednesday, and then uh, possibly again in March, right? Yeah, I, I think we're gonna, we're definitely getting a rate hike on Wednesday. I think we're going to get one in March because the 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 jobless claims data isn't 
isn't where, where they want it to be. Uh, remember, I've, and again, I've been doing this 20-plus years. I've never, ever heard the Fed chairman talk about, well, we'd just like to have 2 million people get fired. I mean, that, that's never happened. Uh, remember, B of A yesterday says we're going to lose 175,000 jobs a month starting sometime in the first quarter. Well, based on this jobless claims number, it's not going to be January, Jason. You know, it's interesting because I've, I've heard guys say that uh, because of the the no-win situation the Fed is in, you, you either fight inflation or you fight recession and help the markets. And uh, a lot of guys have seen last year saying, well, I think the Fed no longer cares. When it comes down to it, fighting interest, uh, inflation is, is going to be – that's how they save themselves. But, you know, when you talk about, hey, we need 2 million job losses, and they say that out loud, well, that puts us in recession so that they can lower rates and print money. So in a lot of ways, they kind of are worried more about the markets maybe than just the, the inflation. So so I think I think these guys are prognosticating that the Fed is not concerned about the markets, that they, they'll save themselves first and uh, do rate hikes to kill inflation. I don't think that's exactly true, Joe, because I think we're both seeing higher inflation as, as a new part of life. And I think they're going to try to make this not a depression, just an, another recession. I think that's what they're going to aim for. And we'll see what happens. To the infl- Here's the thing. The inflation might just blow them up no matter what happens. Uh, you know, I would tell you, based on the numbers today, that's what it looks like. Right? Hey, infl- we're not going back to 2%. Uh, we, we've, we've got the workforce is small enough now. Because right, we got to remember, the labor force participation rate is just stuck at that 62%, 61%, and really isn't moving, uh, that, that maybe we're just going to have to accept 4% inflation as the new normal. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the... 800 Joe and Jason on this Thursday. A lot of data out today. Uh, we had trade deficit numbers. Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, $90 billion shortfall for December. Uh, it, and, again, that just means, right, there's another $90 billion of wealth leaving the United States. Uh, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's so frustrating because, you know, Jason, we're now, I think this is 2023 will be, if I'm right, 50 straight years where the United States hasn't run a single trade surplus in 50 straight yeah. years and, and you know what 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 has happened in the last 50 years let's let's let, let's call it what it is a huge decline in the standard of living here in the United States and people say no that's not true yeah it is yeah it is look at home ownership rates look at debt Look at, look at, you know, think about 1973, uh, usually only dad worked, right? And mom stayed home and raised the kids. Uh, now, now everybody's working, uh, and, and it's still not enough. You know, you know, we talk about, don't you know, think about this. We got something like 65 million people on Social Security. We've got 59 million people on Medicaid. We've got, what is it, 43, 42, 43 million people on all the food stamp program. You know, SNAP alone, we got like 40 million, plus WIC and a few other, 43 million on, on, on food stamps. Then that doesn't count 
rental assistance, uh, electric uh, and heating bill assistance, and all the other government assistance programs. Uh, so don't tell me that the standard of living hasn't declined. Jason, this goes hand in hand. You know, the, the nations that prosper, there's a reason why China, why is China, you know, come out of seemingly nowhere? You know, China was a nothing economy in the middle 1990s, and now they're the second largest economy in the world. Well, uh, go figure. Who runs the biggest trade surpluses in the world? Jason, it's China. China is a good uh, example of uh, you, hear, you hear rich guys, they tell you the first million is the hardest, right? It takes you it takes you so much lot more time and effort to get to that first million, and then the millions after that they come a lot easier and, and faster. China is a good example of that because uh, Nixon took us into China in the 70s. He was the first president to step foot in China, and uh, the 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 groundwork was being laid for for America and the global banking community to start moving industry there. To, to to you know to make a lot of money for themselves right cheap labor and and from the 70s to the 90s oh yeah there was china didn't seem like anything but it was it was going there wasn't the show uh, day by day month by month year by year it was it was going to china and by the 2000s suddenly china was being noted as a, a rising star on the world stage well it was it was planned and, and carried out joe yeah well you know who makes the most billionaires china right who, who creates the most billionaires in the world now China, right? And and, and again, uh, it, it's idiotic trade practices uh, that that have allowed for all of this. You know, globalization. Call it what you will, uh, but but make no mistake about it. Uh, all of a sudden, after we lost our, our our trade surplus status, our deficits are through the roof. Right, 1973. Well, I mean, what was the debt? I don't even know. Five hundred billion dollars, right? Nineteen seventy-one, it was only four hundred billion dollars. Uh, now we're talking forty trillion dollars because you got to add the federal deficit plus the the Fed's balance. You got to add those together. Sorry, but you do. It's forty trillion, and and that's happened in, in, in fifty years. I mean, we're almost adding a trillion dollars a year. And, of course, the problem is we're adding way more than a trillion now, two trillion, three trillion, four trillion. It's almost to the point where uh, it's ridiculous, but we're not done. We got Obamacare numbers out today. 16.3 million people, the largest amount ever, signing up for, for Obamacare. And, Jason, how did we get the largest amount ever? Oh, the government just increased the amount of subsidies they were paying people. In other words, hey, uh, you didn't qualify because you made too much money last year. Well, we just raised the requirement, so now you qualify. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, that's, it is a, those are social programs. <laughs> Every time the government's paying something out, uh, the government doesn't uh, earn money; they they tax. You know, so so they're taking it from somebody and giving it to somebody else. That's that's how they do it. You know, they could print the money, but they gave that to somebody else, too. The government doesn't do anything except for tax. And it's the tax money that gives the government the power, Joe. And so they want to make sure that uh, the people that are the least fortunate uh, are the ones that aren't going to be in the streets going against them specifically. They don't care if they go out and riot in the streets just as long as they don't riot against them, right, Joe? So so they have the, the taxing power, and uh, you just gave us an example of how they use it. And, again, this is why, why do I bring it Why does it matter? Why does it matter? 
65 million on Social Security, 59 million on Medicaid, 42 million on food stamps, 16.3 million on Obamacare. Just start adding it up. And all of a sudden, you, you start to understand just how big and dependent people have become on the government here. This is a big, big problem. Because when you hit a, listen, and this was boom times. I mean, nobody can argue that 2021 and most of 2022, this was boom times. And yet we're hitting, you know, record numbers here. And, and just think about it, because you know what people do? They use it as, they, they, they become dependent on, that's part of their income now. They budget their whole life knowing, well, I'm going to get this much in my Social Security check. I'm going to get this much in my food stamps. I'm going to get this much in rental assistance. I'm going to get this much for Obamacare. And, and, and Jason, all of a sudden, any adjustment to that income and a negative impact, and, and, and all of a sudden, they're completely dependent. And, and let me add something to the guys, somebody that might be listening and say, well, big deals. It's, it's working. Everybody generally is happy. If ever, anybody wants to be happy in America, they can be. And I talked about taxing. Hey, you tax one guy and you give it to the guy that's less fortunate. What Joe and I are talking about on, on the radio day after day about why you buy gold and why you protect yourself is because America taxes essentially other nations through the use of their dollar. The ability for America to tax other nations with the dollar is going down, which means the situations where it seems like everything, you know, all the naysayers to this show, if someone's listening, is like, oh, that's a bunch of hooey, it's just crap. Uh, they don't understand that the ability for America to tax the poorer nations to make us live a higher standard of living, that's slowly eroding. That's what those are the numbers Joe's giving you. America's ability to tax other countries to live a higher standard, Joe, that's ending. Yep, and then what happened? Well, they gotta hand out money here at home just so people can pretend that they're happy. Pictorado News Hour, when we get back, a big change in silver in a huge new market. I'll tell you who it is next. Welcome back. Patriot Trading News Hour. We, we were hitting in the break. It's one thing I wanted to say because we, cause sometimes you get into a break, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop what you're saying. But, but Joe, the point I was making, and it kind of goes into the numbers that you gave at the beginning of the program. Once people stop being taxed, once America can no longer tax other nations, not only, uh, not only does that make a lower standard of living for Americans, you have real poverty. We don't have r real poverty in this country. You see homeless encampments and you see the homeless uh, populations growing. We still live in an America where if you just uh, uh, clean up your habits, you can go home. I mean, uh, essentially, you know, the, most of the people that are on the streets is because uh, they have drug habits, they have problems, and if they would clean it up, uh, they would have family members to go home to. We don't have real poverty. We have poverty, but we don't have real poverty. Once you cannot tax, once, once it doesn't matter how much the government spends and how much they, money they print, at some point, the money becomes worthless, Joe. What I'm saying is, is, is if other countries no longer want the dollar, Real poverty will come here. The, the lords and peasants situation I talk about, it's going to happen. And I find it interesting as we keep talking about this rate hike that's coming on, on Wednesday, that you get these numbers here on Thursdays. It's like, ah, it, it, isn't, it isn't so bad. Why do I get the feeling the numbers aren't so bad? Because they really know that they have to do a half-point rise, and they don't want to freak out the markets. 
Well, yeah, there's always, right? Uh, one of the great ways, if you don't like the number, change the equation, right? And, and that's a, a, a great trick that they've pulled on us for, for 50 plus years, or really going back all the way to 1913, uh, but really quickly here. Uh, silver right now up 12 cents, uh, 2406. Uh, we put silver on sale yesterday, U.S. Silver Eagles. Six hundred and eighty dollars, and here's the funny part: we were at seven twenty. We were the cheapest around at seven twenty. We lowered them down to six eighty. Uh, Seventeen thousand for a case. These are these are going to be back dates. Which go look, go look online. The, all these companies out there want to charge you more for back dates uh, than they do for twenty twenty threes. These are going to be back dates. This is the final day. I got a seventy-five cent increase on silver premiums from yesterday to today. So this is the final day of this sale. Six hundred and eighty dollars a roll on U.S. Silver Eagles, or seventeen thousand dollars for a green monster box. The numbers are starting to flow in for for silver. Last year. We had a new, and this it's been on the rise, but a new power player emerging in silver, India. Obviously, we know India, a major gold consumer. Uh, they're the second largest gold consumer behind the Chinese. Now, they used to be the largest, but here comes China right now. China's the largest. Silver imports to India hit a new record. Of 304 million ounces, uh, that was an increase of the from the previous record by more than 40 million ounces, and they're saying that they expect a new record to occur in 2023. They said, "Now listen, listen India is using for jewelry, uh, silverware, but the fastest growing segment is." Coin and bar demand for investment purposes uh, within India. They're saying that investment for physical silver hit a new high of almost 80 million ounces in India. And they're saying that there seems to be no letdown in demand. But here was the bigger number. So, you know, India now, like, they're the sixth largest economy in the world. Uh, they're actually going to be the third largest economy before 2030. They're, they're, they're rising here. But they're talking about silver demand. It is expected that 2022 will have hit a new all-time record high of 1.21 billion ounces of silver. That's global demand. 1.1, I'm sorry, 1.21 billion ounces. Jason, that number was up 16% from 2021. Total mine supply only rose 1%, and the Silver Institute is predicting that silver is going to run a shortfall of 194 million ounces. This will be a new multi 
decade high. In other words, we haven't seen silver shortage, a global silver shortage of this scale uh, going back into into the the 80s and 90s. Uh, so this is something we haven't seen in over 30 years. I've seen a bunch of, of guys covering stories about the shortage of silver, Joe. It's 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 all over the place. I like the angle of, of talk about India because if India is a rising economic power, then that just simply means they need a whole lot more silver because it's an industrial metal and it's a, it's a monetary metal. So uh, India on the rise and wanting more silver makes a lot of sense that they're in a rising economy, and that's just going to put more pressure. If you have 16% higher demand and only 1% higher production, that uh, that's not going to work for very long, Joe. That means uh, supply and demand rules will take place and the price will go up. Well, here, here's the thing. You're already short 194 million ounces. You, it's not like, you know, people don't understand mining. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not Parker Stobble on Gold Rush, okay? You, it, that's not a, a good dose of reality when you're talking about a, a large silver mine. From the time they discover it, and by the way, where are they discovering them? They're not discovering it here. Right? They're going to discover it in some third world nation out in the middle of nowhere where there's no people, no roads, no power. It takes 10 to 20 years to get mines uh, up and running. It's not like all of a sudden you snap your fingers and, hey, let's all, let's bring 500 million ounces, let's buy 500 million more ounces of silver tomorrow doesn't work that way. I think silver's poised for a big, big run. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason, final day here. Uh, Silver Eagles, $680 a roll. Uh, You want a case, these are going to be backdated. Listen, these are going to be sharp, nice-looking uh, and we know backdated. You know, we re- we we did those sealed cases of 2016, and we kind of laughed uh, we, how much less we were than everybody else out there. Uh, $17,000 if you want that case. You know, the other day we showed you on our YouTube channel what a monster box looked like. Uh, but but Jason, like another one. You know, really when you go through uh, gold, silver, and platinum. All three of these metals have similar stories, which is demand, uh, not just not just industrial demand, but demand as far as investment uh, going way up. Supplies are extremely muted, and, and we're, we're seeing now uh, all of these metals running. Really significant supply deficits. Uh, that that again, Jason. The only way you know supply and demand, the price has to go up high enough for demand to come down, and we're nowhere close. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Joe. I mean, we're in infl- we're in an inflation cycle, and that just makes demand go up. Uh, and demand makes the inflation even worse. Uh, and that's why I, I think we're going to have a little bit of a, an up-and-down crazy market in the next few years where you're going to see deflation and then inflation going up and down, and we're going to be left with a permanent higher inflation. 
And yeah, and copper the metal gonna hit just, an all-time high, right? I mean, yep. right? There's a lot of aluminum. Uh, yep. You know, we we uh, we we've copper. had those crazy markets there. I mean, it, it, it's it's more than you know, it's more than just gold, silver, and, and platinum. Uh, it's a lot of these metals and, and important metals. You know, copper is an important metal. Aluminum is an important metal. That's exactly right, Joe. I mean, a, a, a 1982 or older, uh, mostly copper penny, 95% copper penny, there's almost three cents worth of copper in it now, you know, and it's it's been kind of there in the last couple of years, but it looks like, just like gold and silver, it's it's on its way up. And, and uh, I can remember, uh, Joe, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, a, a silver quarter that was about two or three times face value, right? You know, back in the 80s, you know, it was not, you know, the silver quarter wasn't worth a whole lot, but it was about three times face value, which is why everyone pulled them out. Copper is doing the same thing. This is why, you know, the funny thing is zinc is a really a junk metal, and they make the, the pennies out of uh, out of zinc. Well, now zinc has a little bit more than a, a penny's worth of zinc in it. That just shows you how much inflation there is, Joe. They they can't find something cheap enough, right? I mean that that's kind well, Canada, of Canada. Look at Canada got rid of the penny in, in 2013, Joe. They're like, anyway, we ain't gonna do this anymore. America, I guess, can afford to do it. Yeah, right. I guess so. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Keep stacking it up out there. Uh, and and uh, Jason and I, we listen. We got a great half empty. We think. You know what? Maybe we made it too big. It'll probably be it'll probably be just a complete disaster. But but Jason and I we talked about this and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do it. We said, okay, we're gonna do this on Thursday. Uh, a really, I think anyway, it's gonna be a really interesting half empty cup of Joe coming up next. I, I agree. I, I, we're gonna play, I'm gonna try to play this clip twice. It's Tucker Carlson. Uh, it, it, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a background to it on the next hour as, as to why I found this. It came from one of our listeners, and I started looking around, and it's, it's interesting stuff. Joe. It's one of those things that really gets me interested when uh, uh, kind of those things you can't 100% prove, but where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. What are the circumstantial evidence and a lot of it? Patriot Radio News Hour, Joe and Jason, we're coming right back after we pay some bills. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.